This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. Today, we're going to be talking about sharing our thanks to the Lord. We're in a series entitled Against All Odds, and there's nothing else that will beat the odds than a life that is filled with prayer. Uh, Before we pray again, I want to read you a few uh, verses that are in your notes. If you take out your notes uh, from your handout, uh, there's a few verses on prayer there, and uh, I wanted to use some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament, um, because the uh, the New Testament, uh, and, and I and I apologize. I think we ran out of uh, some of the handouts, so uh, but we printed off some more outlines. It's a it's a good problem to have when you're running out of chairs and running out of outlines. How many of you know that? Uh, but but we're um, we're we're talking about prayer, and in the Old Testament, the psalmist said in Psalm. 55, 16, he said, I will call upon the Lord. Lord shall save me evening, morning, and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear. Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18, he says, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And he also says, rejoice evermore in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Pray without ceasing, verse 17, verse 18. In everything, everyone say, in everything. It's always hard when the Bible leaves it open-ended like that, right? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will for you to pray without ceasing. It is God's will for you to be thankful without ceasing. And it is God's will for you to rejoice without ceasing. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would please help us as we go to your word and we see a story that was meant for our edification, that is a type of Christ, that is a reflection of things to come, that you would come and that you would be a way maker, that you would be a miracle worker, that you would uh, do the impossible. And you did that in this story as a reflection of what you would do when you came, Lord, that you would come and do 35 unbelievable miracles followed by the most incredible miracle of all, and that was your resurrection from the dead. And so, God, we're thankful for your word. We pray that it would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard a story about two lumberjacks who were uh, starting a new job. One had been a lumberjack for a long time and they sat down on the job and they started uh, sharpening their axe, getting ready to, uh, to chop down trees for the day. And there was a newer lumberjack and as he, as he sharpened his axe, he looked over at the older gentleman and said, hey, I, I'll make a little wager with you. If you cut down more trees than me today, he said, then... Uh, you have to buy me, or if you cut down more trees, I have to buy you dinner. He's like, but if I cut down more trees than you, then I have to buy you dinner. And uh, the old gentleman just kind of looked down at his axe, and as he was 
as he was sharpening it and kind of taking the edge, uh, making the edge uh, smoother and sharper again. He looked over and he said, okay, no, no problem. And so that young man jumped up and he started swinging his axe and he started cutting down the first tree. And by the time the first tree fell, the old man, the older gentleman who had been doing it a while was just finishing sharpening his axe. He started cutting down his tree and by that time, the young man had gone to the second tree, and he's chopping down the second tree. And, and the old man cut down the first tree, and then he sits down, and he just started sharpening again, again and again. Tree after tree, he would sit down, he would sharpen his axe, and then he would cut the tree. Do it again and again. At the end of the day, they had kind of lost track of each other. And finally, they came to the point where they, where they, where they were tallying up the trees. And they, they sat down and they counted up all the trees. And the older gentleman, the more experienced lumberjack, had cut down twice as many trees as the young man. And he was blown away. He's like, I don't even care about buying you dinner. I want to buy you dinner. He's like, you need to tell me how you do that. And he said, well, son, he said, while you were swinging a dull axe against those trees, you were wasting more time than you thought I was wasting by sharpening my axe in between each tree. I want to submit to you today that prayer is often viewed in a, a Christian life as a waste of time. But the Bible is very clear throughout Scripture. Over 398 times, it, command, it commands us to pray. And the reason why that is, is because the, the, the thought of sitting down and meditating or praying when you have so much to do seems counterintuitive. It actually seems a little bit of a waste of time. And I've had many people tell me that. But when we actually pray and, and intercede and when we bring our thoughts and petitions to the Lord in prayer, we are sharpening our saw to do battle against those things at which we could never win without that intercession. And so we see that prayer is something that is inherently tied to being a follower of Jesus Christ, but it's also something that God wired us to need to do. Now, the Hebrew uh, language looks at prayer a little bit differently than the Greek language. I want to show you this. Uh, the Hebrew word for prayer, sayak, is, is this prayer. It, it, it means musing. It, it actually means to talk out your pain. It means to uh, make something loud outside that's loud within you. It's, a, it's, it's the same word that's used for meditation, for asking for enlightenment. And so it's, a, it's, it's more of an internal word uh, as, as the Greek word uh, prasukomai is, is a word that means to make a, a request. It's something that you're, that you're bringing as a petition or you're devoting yourself to submitting that to God. And so these, these words are, are words that are used over and over again. And in this passage of Scripture, we have a narrative. Now, whenever we see a narrative uh, in the Old Testament, there's never a, a, a little asterisk at the end of it to say, Here is the, here's the moral of the story. There's no narrator saying, hey, here's what you need to learn. And so these are kind of open for interpretation. But one thing that we have to uh, make sure that we know about these stories is it's all pointing us to Jesus Christ. Every story in the Old Testament is pointing us as a reflection. And, and, and the Bible word, for some of you scholars that already know this, it's, it's the word type. So these stories provide a type of Jesus Christ. 
Okay, so it's a foreshadow of things to come. And Elisha certainly is a prefigure of Jesus, meaning everything he did miraculously was showing a, a projection of what Jesus would do when he came to earth. And so as we go through this story, I want you to notice the fact that the life and ministry of, of Elisha is a lifelike, lifelike image of the coming Savior who would one day bring heaven down to earth. So what I want to do is I want to, I asked Edwin uh, to, to, to read through the whole story. We'll see exactly uh, what's going on and then we'll break it down verse by verse. Let's start in verse number one. Second Kings chapter six, verses one through seven. The Bible says, and the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, behold now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Now, as we were reading, you probably noticed that the word pray was used several times. It's just the word for obviously request, and we saw that in the Hebrew. But then there aren't just three requests. There are actually four different problems. There are four different problems, three different requests, which is interesting. But then there are five different solutions that God gives, and that's exactly how God works. God gives more solutions than you have problems. In fact, uh, one of the main thoughts that I want you to see from this narrative, and it's in your notes, and we'll put it on the screen, and that is anything that seems lost is within reach when our prayers are aligned with God's plan. When we are praying according to God's will, anything is possible. And so there are three truths about prayer that I want you to see today. Very simple truths, but, but, but seen from them asking Elisha, again, a type of Christ, uh, for assistance, we can understand how we can ask God for assistance as well. Number one, prayer is asking. Prayer is asking. And in verses one and two, they have a unique request. And I want to just say that sometimes, and of course, this series has been planned for a long time, uh, long before we knew that we were going to be moving. Uh, but I want you to notice our immediate situation as a church as that we read this in verses one and two. I want to ask uh, Edwin to read that one more time. Verses one Second and two. Kings chapter six, verses one and two. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. So they're like, hey, listen, we're out of beds, we're out of room, we're out of chairs, we're out of space. We, we, we need a larger space. Elisha, do you, would you give us the approval to, to going and making a larger space? And so the first problem was a lack of space. And since we've moved out of the school, uh, we have had that same problem. Uh, our, our children, we just split the nursery and the toddlers because we had uh, outgrown that space. And so there's one room for each, but we're outgrowing, outgrowing the children's area. Obviously, uh, we're needing more space as a church. But I will tell you, maybe you're 
lacking space. Maybe there's something in your life that, that you're asking God to grow, to increase, and, 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 and you need to express that. And I will tell you that sometimes it seems almost, it seems disingenuous to ask God for a practical answer to a practical problem. And let, let me put it this way. It, it, it sometimes seems pointless to verbalize what was, what's obvious, but the act of praying is not just about instant changes to your immediate circumstances. It is you changing. It is your perspective changing. It is your heart changing as well. And so every problem is a reason to pray. Let's say that together. Every problem is a reason to pray. It's a reason to pray because without prayer, we have no perspective. So here's the perspective that we see from this passage. Uh, letter A, I want you to see that God knows our need. He knows our need. Do you know God knows your need and wants to help? He wants to help you. You say, well, God doesn't really care about this little problem I'm having at work, or God doesn't really care about uh, the fact that this person said something and it really, really wounded me. And, and, and God doesn't really care that, you know, uh, my marriage is just, you know, we're, we're just kind of going through the motions. Or God doesn't really care the fact that, uh, you know, uh, COVID's brought these burdens. Or God doesn't really care. And I, wa I want to be here to say that God cares. God cares when you have a practical problem. And these men had a practical problem. They were, uh, they were out of room and, and, and they needed more room. And so who did they go to? They went to the man of God and, they, and, and, and at that time, of course, they could have prayed, but, 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 but God was speaking through a literal man like he speaks through uh, the Bible today, okay? The direct revelation from God was coming through Elisha. And so they went to Elisha and they said, hey, would you allow us to make more space? And God granted that. Isn't it awesome when God answers a prayer? Have you ever prayed? You know, like my mom used to always pray for a parking spot and it was uncanny. Like, like literally, and, and I used to as a teenager, be like, mom, I mean, you can pray, but we probably should just park in the first one we see. You know, she's like, no, I'm praying for a closer one. And I'm like, oh my word, this is crazy. This woman is crazy. And then all of a sudden blinker backing on like, happens every time. Like, this is nuts. Like, how does this, you know, you know, I try it, you know, God, a parking spot, no, no one, you know, and normally what happens with me, I'll pray for a parking spot, you know, I'm like, please God, parking spot, and the person like goes, like fakes you out, you know, they go into their car, they get something, and then they go back in the store, like, oh, you wanted this? No, I'm going back in the store, like, oh, I'm such an idiot, so, so, but my point is, God cares about every single little need, the prayer of Jabez is a famous prayer. I would encourage some of the young people in the room to memorize it, but it's uh, First, First Chronicles 4 and verse number 10. There's been many books written on this one prayer. He says, uh, the prayer of Jabez is this, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, and that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Man, I love that. God granted his request. I love the fact that God is a God who answers prayer. He knows what we need and he will answer prayer. But here's a key thought, and I think this is important to note in this passage, and that is God will not force his blessing on us when we are too prideful or too busy for, to ask for it. And, and you know, James 4.2 says, ye have not, because you ask not. Let's say that together. You have not because you ask not. Now I will tell you, I've said this to our team many times and I, and I will continue to say it. 
that if God doesn't do something in our church or, 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 or in the ministry or, or, or something that we're asking him, it won't be because we didn't ask. Uh, you know, I, I used to read a story all, all, all the time about uh, C.H. Spurgeon, who was a pastor in London about, you know, 200 years ago. And he, uh, he, he, was, he, he would have nightmares about walking into a massive warehouse in heaven. Now, this warehouse I don't believe exists, but he had this prayer, he had this thought that he would walk into it and all of the things he was too afraid to pray for would be waiting for him there. All of the things that God wanted to do, wanted to give him, wanted to do through him were just dis on display. And if he would have just had the faith to ask, God would have done it. You say, does God work that way? God will not force his blessings through you. And sometimes we just fail to ask. Sometimes God wants to work in and through us. And certainly God works even when we don't pray. But my friend is, God is wanting to work through you. And we need to be humble enough like these men to say, we have a problem and we need help. Letter B, I want you to see in verse number two that God has made us to share our, to, to share our need um, and, and to need to share those needs. Now, I said this in the first service and some of the guys got mad at me, so I'll say it again in the second service, and that is that ladies naturally share needs. Ladies, there's just something that God has placed in the heart of a woman to be able to vent what she is feeling. Guys, we can go a long period of time without sharing what's heavy on our heart. But I will tell you this, that when you go a long period of time without sharing with God what is heavy on your heart, that is incredibly dangerous in your spiritual life. And so as a man, I have to, I have to work a little bit harder because the women in this room, they know how to vent to God. But I would say to the ladies too, I'm not gonna let you off the hook that easy and, and tell you this, that sometimes it's easier to vent to your friend than it is to God. Sometimes it's easier to pick up the phone than to pick up the word of God and, and, and to pray scripture. And so here's the first request, and I love this. I mean, listen, this has been planned. This, this, this passage of scripture has been planned for at least six months, and, and I had no idea that we would be building out a space across the, the, the parking lot. Um, but here's the request. Can we build? They come to Elijah and they say, Hey, Elisha, would, would we be able to build? I mean, listen, I mean, you look at our, our space. We're, we're out. We're, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we've done everything we can with the space we have. We need a new space. How many of you know we've done everything with the space we have? This is a, this is a training facility. There were 14 different rooms in this room, little training rooms that we took down to have this space, uh, the little kids' space. People always say, why do you have the kids meeting in the dentist? They're not in the dentist, okay? It just looks like they are. You know, kids are like, I'm going to the dentist. I thought I was going to church. That's so cruel. Social services right next door. Hey, uh, do you have a restroom? Yeah, right past the social services. Come on, kids, go to the car. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's been a crazy six months. But we're thankful for it. And we've been asking God, God, can we build, please? And God said, yeah, I've been saving a building. 14 years ago, a building was built. And the, the man who built this building said, oh, this will be, be scooped up. I think we have some pictures of the building. It's right across the parking lot here. It's a brand new building for 14 years. It sat empty. And I know this with, with all of my being. God was keeping it. There have been over 100 offers on this one building. And for whatever reason, all of them fell through until our offer. God 
when you ask him to do something, we've been walking around that building praying and the same builder who built this building has been bidding to try to build the rest of the building for us in an auditorium and classrooms and everything we need to continue to grow here at New Life. All that to say, when you ask God something, God can do great and mighty things. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter uh, 33 and verse two, it says, the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. I don't know why, that's such an epic, epic verse, just the way it's worded, it's so epic. But then the rest of it is even more epic. It says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You guys, as a church, we have seen great and mighty things. We were looking for a place. We were paying so much money at the school and, and we loved partnering with the school, but we were like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just find a piece of property? And we were placing so many offers on different pieces of property. And then the Boy Scouts called us and said, hey, uh, would you like to buy, uh, you know, 135 acres for 5,000 an acre? And we were like, are you is this a practical joke? Are we on prank? Like, what's happening here? Like, like, absolutely, and God put it all together, and then we sold part of it, and we've paid it off, and God has done great and mighty things, but I will tell you, that's something big, but God wants to do great and mighty things with your small things. He wants to take the little things, the things that you don't think you can share with God, the things you don't think he thinks are, 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 are important, and he wants to do great things in the little things. And do you know who knows how to pray about the little things? On the other side of this wall, there's about 50 or 60 kids, and they know how to pray about little things. And so I couldn't bring all of them in here, okay? So I have a video of just some, not some of our kids, but just some kids uh, that are praying. Prayers that matter. And these are some kids. They're two back-to-back. -back. We'll watch them both. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, why do drafts look so funny? Thank you for preparing horses on the earth. Please bless the mic guys to be good so there will be ways to work too. Please help me to never go to the dentist. Thank you for Grandpa's birthday. Bless the day. Kitty apples and I my point too. Thank you for all the doggies. Thank you for that haircut. Please help Christmas to come soon. Thank you for the baby's haircut. Thankful for my cat that lets me dress him in my clothes. Thank you for Jesus' haircut. Please help us to have pancakes in the morning. <laughs> Please bless the toothache and come. Please protect us from big hungry sharks, tsunamis and lightning, vampires, fires and tornadoes, and mean fish in the ocean like piranhas. Please bless me not to grow a beard. <laughs> There's more. I think there's a little more. Please bless the poor, even though we don't know who they are. And you know that the spirits in our home are kind and nice. Please bless me to see others as you see them. Please bless I can eat the scriptures even though I'm little. Please bless me with more trials, because I know that's how I grow. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So prayer is very simple. Kids know how to pray because it's just asking. Prayer is asking. But number two, I want you to see prayer is connecting. Prayer is not just asking what we need or what we want. Prayer is connecting with a God who loves us. And 
we see the solution that's given in this passage. And this is why it's, it's so important to understand that this is a story reflecting who Jesus is. Because their request to build aligned with the work of God. The work of God could only grow. The work of God could only move forward if they did build. They were asking according to God's will. And so the solution here is, the, the first solution is connect your will, what you want, with God's will. Connect your will with God's will. Let's say that together. Connect your will with God's will. That is the secret sauce to praying and receiving, to praying and seeing God do something miraculous. And so let's read verse number three and four and see uh, what else was requested. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. So here they are. They're like, hey, we're going to go. And he says, yeah, I want you to go. I want you to go build. They said, but we don't want to go alone. <laughs> we want you to come with us. Now, were they just Scared? No, they weren't scared. There's a hundred strapping men, like, with axes. They, they weren't scared. They weren't scared. They wanted him to come. Why? They wanted God's presence. They wanted God's blessing. They wanted God's man. And they wanted an extra hand to, to chop some trees. Hey, are you going to help us? You're going to just sit there. <laughs> are you gonna, you're going you're to come with us? They wanted God's presence there. Even when they were building, they wanted God to be working. Letter A, I want you to see that when we connect in prayer, we need to connect with God's presence. We need to connect with God's presence. The, the second request is, will you help us? Will you go with us? Will you come? And Moses and Elijah and Elisha, they all said the same thing. God, if you're not with us, we don't want to go. We want to have your presence. Here's a key thought, your, your response to any disappointment, it really is determined by your proximity to the, to the presence of God. If you are running from God's presence, meaning you're running towards sin, you love sin more than you love God. Uh, if, you're, if you're there where, man, God's presence just seems awkward, just seems a little bit difficult for you to handle, let me just encourage you with this, that God's presence is waiting for you to turn from your sin and turn back to him. There is no one in this room, no one under the sound of my voice, online, on the radio. Listen, there is no one who is too far from the reach of God. There is no one who grace can't reach down and rescue. Friend, God is waiting for you to come back into his presence. And many disappointments are hard to handle because they are being handled outside of the presence of God. And so God's presence, it's not just a feeling. It's not a feeling as much as it's a fact and it's a reality. In fact, it's the greatest reality on our planet because God came down to us. He is with us. That's why Jesus could say in Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so prayer is far more than just connecting with God's gifts, God's presence, something you unwrap, but it's also connecting with God's being, God's presence. A great illustration of this is, is the, the story, and I 
I tried to research if this is true, and I, I believe it is. Uh, there was a dad once who noticed that his daughter, his little three-year-old daughter's uh, teddy bear was coming undone. The, the stuffing was falling out. There was, was far more torn and dirty and, 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 and ratted than this. And, and, and he just, they couldn't wash it anymore. And, 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 and she was sleeping with it. And it was really unhealthy. And they really needed to pry that away. But how many of you know with a little kid taking their blanket or, or, or taking their teddy bear, I mean, just please, don't do that, right? I mean, that's going to cause her uh, to, to, to really come unglued. And, and so he had this whole moment planned out, and he walked up to her, and he said, Honey, I, I know you're not going to understand this, but your little bear, um, it, it, it's lost almost all of its stuffing, and it's really dirty, and we can't wash it anymore. And she started to have real big crocodile tears and, and dripping down her face. And she's like, Daddy, please take anything, but don't take this. Don't take my little bear. I love this little bear. And little did she know that right behind his back, he had a, a larger, more sturdy, brand new bear. It was a brand new version of that same bear. And, 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 and through much coaching and, and prayer, they, 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 they pried that from her hands. And she said goodbye to that only to welcome this brand new bear. And many times we think of that story and we say that it's all about the bear. When in reality, that story is all about the father's love for the daughter. Many times we see God's gifts, but we miss the giver. We see what God gives and we want what he gives. We want his gifts, but we miss the fact that his gifts are all about his presence, are all about his love for us, are all about his relationship. And so we need to connect with him, not just what he can give, but who he is. And so letter A, we connect with God's presence. Letter B, we connect our requests with our steps. What does this mean? Connect our requests with our steps. Well, the second problem they had, they said they could build. He was coming with them. So here they have the man of God. They have the place to build. They have the permission to build. But now they need the materials. Now they, they don't have materials. Man, I will tell you, we are ordering materials for this build out that we're doing. And it is hard to get materials. I mean, little things like metal studs, like screws. For whatever reason right now, everyone's building and inflation and, and, and the, the cost of our materials have tripled from six months ago when we were doing all of the specs. It's just been crazy. And so we know a little bit about needing materials. But here's what he says. He doesn't say, oh, God's going to drop the lumber from heaven. No, he says, uh, God is not a divine vending machine. He is a divine revealing God who reveals what needs to happen. You, you, you ask, but then you work. And that's why James talks about asking and receiving. But he also talks about the fact that faith with works is alive, but faith without works is dead. Being alone, that we, the solution is not just to pray, but the solution is to work and pray. So that's the second solution. It just takes a willingness to work. And here's a key thought. Many, and I've, I've placed myself in this category, but many don't ask for a miracle because subconsciously they know that a miracle means more work. 
We've seen God do some crazy awesome things this week, the week before last. We've seen people who were on the verge of committing suicide uh, find one of our brochures. We've seen uh, people turn on the radio and God do some miraculous things through the word of God. We've seen marriages that were literally on the verge of divorce. God just growing the marriage again and rescuing that. We've seen uh, all sorts of things, people restored and uh, people rescued out of toxic and, and, and dangerous situations. We've seen God do some crazy things the last five years that we've been in existence. But I will tell you this, it's been a lot of work. I will tell you this. Hey, some of the teenagers will tell you that this week was awesome and God did some great things, but it was some work. You had to put the work into it. And a lot of people, they want a miracle, but they don't want to work. They don't want to take the steps that it takes to, to, to watch God move. And so here's an action item. Don't just wait for God to answer your prayer. Work toward the answer you believe he will give. Just start working. Let God answer the prayer. Listen, you, you know what I've always done? And I wrote in my journal when I was 19 years old. I said, I'm going to pray like it's up to me. And I forgot who said this, but I'm going to pray like it's up to God and work like it's up to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray like it's up to God, and I'm going to work like it's up to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pray and let God do what he can do, and I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to pray but I, and ask God to answer my prayer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work and let God use me in his answer as well. And so prayer is asking, prayer is connecting, and finally we're finished today, and that is prayer is believing. Prayer is believing. Man, when you are praying, you are praying with faith. You are praying, believing that God can answer. You don't close your eyes. By the way, the reason why we close our eyes is, is we shut out the world around us to connect with the world above us and, 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 and within us. And I will tell you this, that when we believe God to pray, God can do some miraculous things. I want you to see and hear this miracle again, verses five through seven. Second Kings chapter six, verse five. The Bible says, But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. So here, here's a couple things that happened. You, you, it was all going well. They were excited. They were building. And then there was a setback. Isn't that how it works? Isn't that how life works? Like you're moving forward, you're, you're building something, you're growing something, and then there's a setback. And I will tell you, and I've told our team, anytime we start something new and there's not a setback, I get freaked out. <laughs> because anytime you're going forward, you're always gonna have a little bit of friction, right? So here he is, he's, he's chopping down this tree, right? He's chopping down this tree. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, maybe it was the owner of the ax hadn't uh, tightened the, the, the head of iron, or, or maybe the wood broke. We don't know exactly what happened, but for whatever happened, um, he is chopping down this tree and that axe head goes flying. Okay. Now uh, I had lots of jokes in the first service about flying off the handle and I chose not to, not to give them. And I'm going to spare you from my dad jokes this time too. But I will tell you this, that the axe head landed in at least, we know at least 10 feet of water, rushing water. It's about a hundred feet. We don't know how far the axe landed in the Jordan river. But we know that once it landed in that murky water, they didn't have scuba suits. They didn't have magnets. There was no physical way. And so the only way that he knew to get it back was to tell the man of God. The only person he knew to turn to was God. Can I tell you something? When you get yourself into a situation where the only place you can turn is God, 
that's right where God wants you to be. The only place you can turn, when you're so broken that the only place you can turn is to prayer, that's a really powerful place to be. And so letter A, I want you to see that brokenness calls for openness. He didn't hide the fact that he lost the ax. He didn't make excuses. He just said, alas, or notice, I want you to see this. Look what happened. It's devastating. It was about a year's worth of wages. And he was just open about the problem. And so the problem number three was a useful tool was broken and lost. And every day we're faced with the decision to either try harder or pray harder. And, and here's the third request. He said, did you notice that? Do you know that? Do you, do you know what's happening? Did you know that this isn't mine? That this is a big problem? Did you know I'm gonna have to work for an entire year to pay this guy back? Iron was very rare. It's as rare as gold is now. And so every worry and concern, here's an action item, every worry and concern, we should have an equal or greater response of prayer and fasting. You know what? Anything in your life that's going wrong, you need, to, you need to come and bring it to the Lord in prayer and fasting. And so here's the solution. There are two. First, it takes faith to bring your problems to God. It truly does. And then fourthly, it, it takes humility to be open and honest with God about it. And so here's a key thought. God desires you to do something new, but he desires to transform your current situation into a mind-blowing miracle. But here's how he does it in letter B. He does it through unshakable faith. Impossible requests call for unshakable faith. Now, I want you to notice, and we're, we're finished. I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what, what happened and then and then I'll tell a story and we'll be finished. So God tells Elisha, in order to get that axe head back, it's sunk. The molecular structure of this axe head is not buoyant. How many of you know iron does not float? Everyone know that? Okay, we're all on the same page scientifically there. So so God does not make he does not just change the molecular structure. He does. He allows it to float. So that's impossible. But then he does something else. He doesn't just allow it to float. Notice what it says in verse number six. He allows it to swim. The floating axe is really incredible. But the swimming axe, someone says, what stroke did it do? Why does that matter? It's I mean, it's coming right toward him. And this is what happens. So that's the miraculous. That's the impossible. But first, he cut down something natural. So here he goes. He, he cuts down something of value, something that they could have used to build, something they could have used for a fire, something that had value. They first took the natural. They sowed the natural to receive the supernatural. Do you guys see that? So in our lives, we sow the natural and we reap the natural. You sow a seed, you get a plant sometimes, all right? You invest money, right? You get a return, again, sometimes. But again, you're sowing the natural and you're getting the natural. But in this case, God told Elisha to sow the natural, right? Throw that into the water and then receive something that's in the water. But you're gonna receive something in a supernatural way. You say, I know, but that's where you lose me, man. Like the supernatural, just kind of like creepy, weird vibes. Like that's, I don't, that's where I'm out. Yeah, you know what? I was there too. 
You know, when I was in the back of the car, when my mom's saying those little, you know, grocery store prayers, yeah, I was there too. But I will tell you something changed. When we started new life, we started praying. And we started praying in alignment with what God was wanting to do. And we saw God do some pretty crazy things. There's lots of them, and I've written them all down, but I want to tell you one. One of our first services, we had a, a uh, couple who got saved. Um, an incredible story. That's a whole nother story on, it, on itself. They had five kids. They wanted their whole family to get baptized. They said, do you have a baptistry large enough for us? I said, not yet, but I will. I researched the largest tank I could find. I found one in Tehachapi. I actually rented a box truck and went and I got a massive one, a lot larger than the baptistry we're gonna baptize with today after the service. The whole family was there. They had a bunch of relatives. He had gotten off work. She had gotten off work. It was, this was an amazing moment. We had some other children who were getting baptized on that day. It was just an amazing moment. First baptism, brand new church. We're excited. And then a thunderstorm. How many times have you seen a thunderstorm in the Antelope Valley? And you got to be kidding me. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It never rains here. And the one day we want to do baptism, it's not just raining. It's thundering and lightning. And I'm like, I don't want to be a crispy pastor, okay? I just don't. I don't want to be in the headlines, you know, four die, including a pastor, as he's an idiot, baptizing people in a rainstorm. You know, it's like, so I walked up to, and I said, Ramesh, I said, man, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I don't think it's safe. And he's like, oh, could, could we just, could, could we just see, we just see after the service, just see if it, if it lightens up. He's like, my whole family's here. I've gotten off. He's like, please, pastor. He's like, I just really feel, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. And I'm such a pushover, man. I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll pray. So I got up at the end of the service. Isaac, you know, he's doing his thing. And I was like, God, you know, it's raining. We have baptisms. And just please just give us a window. And honestly, you guys, it was, it was a half-hearted prayer at best. It wasn't like an incredible prayer. I didn't say some amazing words. You know, it didn't, it wasn't real convincing. It was like, is this guy, are, is, is, he, is he the pastor? Are we, are we sure about this? Like, you know, are we, are we gonna do this? Oh, we're doing this, okay? So, but I'll never forget, we walk out of church and uh, at the school, some of you have been to the school. At the school, there's a little amphitheater area right by the office, and we had the baptistry set up. We had some, you know, chairs set up there, and and uh, and and we walked about 100 feet from the auditorium, and and some some of you were witnessed this, so some of you know this. The 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 literally, I mean, I'm not making this up. I have videos and pictures to prove it. The 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 the, the, the thick black clouds parted, and the sun shone right on the baptistry. And it creeped me out. I'm like, this stuff works. <laughs> like, like, what else am I, what else do I, anyone need anything? I'll pray, it's working. Like, let's pray right now, you know? Like, you know, like, well, we'll get a list, quick, you know? And it was, it was unbelievable. We baptized everyone. Every, man, the last person I baptized, and the moment we stepped out of the baptistry tank, clouds over, thunder, rain. I'm like, that's crazy. This stuff works. We sowed the natural and we reaped the supernatural. We saw God do, do something incredible. I'll say impossible because we just decided to pray. 
And so you say, well, that's like, you know, it's baptism. I'm telling you, God wants to do those things in your life every day. So here's the takeaway, and then we'll pray. And that is this. Prayer is God's pathway. By the way, it's God's pathway he always uses, but it's prayer is always God's pathway to do the impossible. This is how it's done. So you say, man, I have have something. It just seems impossible. It it just seems without, it it seems all lost. It seems lost. It's like a lost cause. It seems like it's just over. Can I encourage you? Pray about it. Let's start praying about it. And I have to say this, that God can do the impossible. He can do the incredible. We have to pray. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.